Our story begins at the Amtrak station in Richmond, Virginia. Hear that tapping? That is the impatient foot of our not-so-noble hero, Craig Schaefer. A 30-something corporate sellout, a bachelor, a typical Patrick Dempsey type cast. At long last, his train to Savannah, Georgia arrives. Craig trudges along in his perfectly shined Oxfords, his clothes pressed, and a bag of his things hanging over his shoulder. His clothes say, I'm rich and successful, and I have my life together. His face says, you're looking at the remains of a man who once was. After a brief period of introspection, Craig looks at his surroundings. Next to him is a lady, around the age of 60, lost in a book. Already bored and slightly apprehensive, he decides to strike up a conversation with her. Hi. Hi. I'm, I'm Craig. Charmed. I'm sorry? I said charmed. Your name is Charmed? <laughs> You're clearly not from the South. Oh, oh, okay. I see what you did there. Actually, I am from the South. I'm from Savannah. I'm just visiting. Afterwards, I'll be on my way back to New York, where I live. Yep. New York City. Bet you were wondering how I ended up there. Are you done yet? Hey, hey. Be nice to me, okay? I'm traveling for a funeral. Oh, pish posh. It's true. His name was Frankie Mayo. Frankie Mayo. Frankie Mayo, the most important man in my life. With a name like Frankie Mayo, I'm sure he was really something. Oh, he was. He made me the man I am today. Well, he did a marvelous job. <laughs> he made me who I am today, and yet, I never spoke a word to the man. <clears throat> and yet, I never spoke a word to the man. Really? Tell me more, Craig. It all started when I was born, in Savannah. My father died of alcoholism before I even took my first breath. My mother raised me all on her own. And all things considered, she did a great job. She kept me well fed, she urged me to do well in school, she always threw nice birthday parties for me. But, you see, the thing is, um, your name isn't Charmed, right? No. Uh, what is it? <sighs> I'm just gonna call you Charmed. You see, the thing is, Charmed, I was a fat kid, and I was a nerdy kid, and I was not a cool kid at school. They used to call me Craig the Egg. Kind of a dumb nickname, but I actually really did look like an egg. I had a few friends, but they were kind of, uh, uncool. Other than them, I was getting bullied left and right. One time, I was at a birthday party. Hey everybody, it's Craig the Egg! Come on, Craig! <laughs> take off your shirt! Show everyone your abs! Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh my god, look! He has man boobs! Man boobs! Man boobs! Man boobs! <laughs> Go home, we don't want you here. They threw you in the pool? Yep, almost drowned. The lifeguard had to revive me. That... that sounds awful. I'm so sorry. But then, 
Frankie Mayo came along, and everything changed. Chapter one. Oh dear Lord. The beginning of Frankie Mayo. I remember it like it was yesterday. The year was 2000. It was the year of the dragon. Mercury was in Leo. I was 12 years old. Same Craig the Egg, but this time with more acne. School was about to start back up again, and I was enjoying the last bits of my summer in my backyard. My model airplane, the only thing keeping me company. I grew up in a kind of cookie-cutter neighborhood, and just over the fence was a house that had been vacant for years. Until that day, the day when Frankie Mayo moved in. A moving truck pulled into the driveway and immediately caught my eye. Out of the vehicle followed two moving men. Behind them in a BMW was... Ahem. Frankie Mayo. Frankie Mayo. He was tall, slender, his hair was perfectly slicked back, even on such a hot, humid summer day. He had the most well-trimmed beard of anyone I'd ever seen. He was, like, straight out of a J. Crew catalog. Of all the things that happened that day, I think the detail I remember the most was the way Frankie Mayo carried his briefcase as he made his first entrance into his new home. Over his shoulder, with two fingers gripping the handle, I'd never seen anything like it. At that moment, I knew that I wanted to be just like him. Spent the following couple weeks before starting school watching him. I watched him as he threw his housewarming party by the pool in his backyard, complete with string lights, tiki torches, cocktails, and beautiful women. This man clearly knew how to throw a party. I began letting Frankie Mayo's influence make my decisions for me. When my mom and I went back to school shopping, I asked for button-ups instead of t-shirts, khaki pants instead of cargo shorts. When school started, I signed up for athletic training and I took a nutrition class. By the time I would soon enter high school, I was skinny, acne-free, I had friends, and I was a rising star in the world of high school basketball. Life was so good. All thanks to Frankie Mayo. Let me stop you right there. So you're telling me that you have based your entire personality off a man that you stalked growing up? Well, when you put it that way, it sounds weird. I, I like to say that I was inspired by a man that I stalked growing up. <sighs> May I continue? Sure. Chapter 2, Craig's High School Years. Overall, my high school experience was positive. I had a lot of friends, graduated in the top 10% of my class, won a couple tournaments on the varsity baseball team. I was also homecoming king. I was honestly living uh, the dream, and I truly couldn't have done it without Frankie Mayo. And I stayed true to him too. While the other kids were reading The Great Gatsby, I was reading Think and Grow Rich. And whenever I was faced with a difficult decision, I would ask myself, WWFMD. You know what that stands for? Um... It stands for What Would Frankie Mayo Do? Chapter 3. Loretta. Loretta? Loretta Michelle Lane. LML. Love of my life. To this day, she's the only woman I've ever loved. Tell me more. Well, first let me backtrack. One day in the spring of my sophomore year in high school, 
My baseball team won the state championship and it was yours truly who made the final run in the game. It was the most exciting day of my life up until that point. When I got home, I climbed the stairs, laid on my bed and reflected. Out the window, a clear view from my bed was Frankie Mayo's house. I realized how much he'd done for me over the past few years and how ridiculous it was that I never got to thank him personally. So on an impulse, I decided to pay him a visit. But he didn't answer. I tried again the next day. No luck. And the next day. After a week of trying every day and realizing his BMW was nowhere to be seen, I figured he was on vacation. This is where Loretta comes in. That weekend, my team decided to go out to a really nice restaurant to celebrate our big win. Hi everyone, I'm Loretta. I'll be your server tonight. There she was. I was smitten. Soon as I saw her, she was a tiny little thing, probably 110 pounds, gorgeous brown curls and hazel eyes, a smile that hypnotized me which didn't exactly work in my favor when it was time to order my drink. Sir? Sir, your drink order? Uh, right, right, I'll take, uh... I'll take water? With, with lemon, please. Th uh, thank you? It was humiliating. Absolutely humiliating. But small as I felt, I looked in the eyes and I swear I saw a smile. Maybe that was me dreaming. But I like to think she thought my little faux pas was cute. Alright guys, I'll be back in a jiffy. Schaefer, what the hell was that? You like the waitress. Shut up. You like her. Oh, Craig's got a crush. You gonna ask her out or what? I wasn't sure what to do. I got through dinner and the teasing died down as it went down. But I couldn't shake it. I couldn't shake being made fun of by my buddy. So at the end of dinner, as we were all filing out, I wrote my number on a napkin and I found her counting her bank in a corner. I made sure my buddies were watching. What's this? My number. I didn't ask for your number. Ouch. I thought on my feet. I know. Those your friends? Uh, friends, buddies, pals, whatever you want to call them. We, uh, we play baseball together. We just won you the You trying to impress them? By giving uh, a pretty girl your number? Well, I, um... You really want to impress them? And then, before I could answer, that son of a gun leaned over and planted a kiss on my cheek. She looked at me with eyes that pierced my soul. And then, she walked away. Stop, 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 stop. What? You want me to believe that a girl like that experienced such objectification from a silly teenage boy and rewarded you with a kiss? I couldn't believe it either, charmed. But it happened. Looking back... I think Loretta simply saw right through me. She liked me for the little nerd I was on the inside. She made me like that side of me too. Loretta's one mistake, I think, was thinking she could change me. That she could reverse the change that had already been done. 
due to Frankie Mayo. Sweet baby Jesus. Frankie Mayo actually ended up being gone from home a long time. I figured maybe he was on a long business trip or a sabbatical, and as one might expect, his absence had a chilling effect on me. His absence sent me back to my old habits, my, my old pre-Frankie Mayo habits. Started dressing more mediocre t-shirts and jeans and sneakers. Started eating more junk food. Started reading more fiction and playing board games and video games. And in a way, I think that was the happiest time of my life. Because that was when Loretta and I were happiest. She was so special, Charmed. I think my favorite thing about her was how much she wanted to help other people. She could never decide if she wanted to be a doctor or a firefighter or work for a nonprofit. It was never about the salary or the grandeur. She really, genuinely wanted to help other people. One day we were sitting in my car after a day out. We were playing Would You Rather. Would you rather always have to tell the truth or always have to lie? Hmm, I guess truth. Yeah, me too. That one was too easy. How about, would you rather continue with your life or restart it? Oh, definitely restart it. Really? Why? I'd just like to delete those years when I was a fat kid. <laughs> Don't you think those were important years, though? No. How about you? I'd continue. Really? Yeah. So there's nothing about your past you'd like to change? I mean, of course there is. But it's all part of the adventure of life. If I restarted everything and made everything perfect, then I wouldn't know the things I know now. Adventure of life? Adventure of life. Hmm. I like that. So do you change your answer? Nah, I'd still restart. I don't know why it always stuck with me, but it did. She was so filled with knowledge like that. It was admirable. I learned so much from her, but that summer came to an end and everything came crashing down. Chapter 4. The Return of Frankie Mayo Blinded by my love for Loretta and poisoned by the absence of Frankie Mayo, I hadn't exactly occurred to me how much I'd changed until I was seeing my buddies regularly again. Schaefer, what happened to you? What do you mean? The t-shirts and the jeans, the unkempt hair. And what's that book in your hand? Aragon? Aragon, yeah. Loretta recommended it. It's really good. I... Loretta, of course. He's suffering from girlfriend syndrome. I didn't know what to say, so I just kind of laughed along with them. When I got home that day, I stared through the window at Frankie Mayo's house, and to my surprise, there he was, on the back porch smoking a cigar. His hair was unkempt in the best way, and a few of his shirt buttons were undone. His BMW was outside, and I wondered how long he'd been home, because to be honest, I had stopped paying attention. The next time Loretta saw me, I'd cleaned up my act. I was dressed like a goddamn prep again. She wasn't used to that. You look nice today. What do you mean? You look like you're about to go to a business meeting, or a frat party at least. This is how I like to dress. Okay, 
Then I did probably the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. Earlier that day, I had bought a cigar. I took it out, lit it, and took a puff. <coughs> I had never smoked anything in my life. Loretta got water for me, bless her soul. When the coughing died down, she said to me, Craig, what happened to you? By October of my senior year, we were broken up. It hurt more than I cared to admit. To my friends, to my mom, to myself, I buried the pain under preppy clothes, baseball tournaments, and hedonism. When summer came around, I allowed myself to relax and get ready for college. That whole summer, I had every opportunity to knock on Frankie Mayo's door and just have a conversation with the man who'd impacted my life so much. But I never did. Why didn't you? I think I was afraid. All I had of this man was a superficial outer image, an image I had built so much of myself upon. I think I was afraid that he wasn't going to be as perfect as I thought he was. Chapter five, Beyond Frankie Mayo. I went to college. Being away from Frankie Mayo did not deter me from my behaviors this time. Because as it turns out, college is filled with a bunch of little Frankie Mayos. I joined a frat. I joined student government. I did whatever I could to stay important, or at least feel important. I went out into the real world. I used my degree in finance to navigate New York City, which is filled with a bunch of full-size Frankie Mayos. I like to think I lived a very Frankie Mayo life. I have a nice, expensive apartment. I make six figures. I've been with so many beautiful women. A week ago, I got a call from my mom. Uh, hey, mom. Hey, just checking in to see how everything is. Uh, superb. Nothing real new going on. How's everything down south? I was hoping you'd have some exciting stories for me, because same old, same old here too. Except, do you remember Frankie Mayo, our next door neighbor? To be honest, I had barely thought about Frankie Mayo over the past few years, so hearing his name made my stomach drop a little. Uh, yeah, uh, of course. Well, apparently he passed away. What? Right? He was barely on the cusp of 50. The cops discovered him yesterday. Seems it was alcoholism. I, I couldn't believe it. I asked my mom for information on the funeral and I told her I would go. She didn't really understand why, and I didn't explain it to her. Charmed, over the last week, I've been so confused. I spent most of my life being inspired by this man who was, who I saw as a god. I never spoke to him because I was afraid of him being less than. And then, I found out he died of the same thing my absent father died from. He wasn't perfect at all. Plus, his name was Frankie Mayo. That should have been the first sign. <laughs> Craig, I'm Loretta's aunt. What? Yeah. Uh, I'm not following. Loretta Michelle Lane. She's my niece, Craig. I've sat here and listened to your entire story. And I think it's fair to say you owe me a favor. <laughs> uh, sure? Don't go back to New York without seeing my niece first. I don't think she'd like that. 
Trust me, I think she'd love that. She lives at 4930 June Street. I'll certainly think about it. No, you're gonna do it. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll do it. Funny, she never told me about her Aunt Charmed. <laughs> Bethany, Bethany Lane. Charmed. Despite what he told Bethany, Craig actually had no intention of visiting Loretta. A few hours later, the train stopped in Savannah. Frankie Mayo's funeral was the following morning. Much to Craig's surprise, he and his mother were among a total of roughly ten people in attendance. The funeral itself was short. The reception was dull. Eventually, Craig's mother was ready to go home. Are you ready? You know, I'm, I think I'm going to stay for just a second. Really? Why? I just miss Savannah. Go ahead, I'll catch an Uber. After she left, Craig sat in front of a portrait of Frankie Mayo, reflecting on his life, how it was because of Frankie Mayo, and how it would have been without Frankie Mayo. And then, very softly, he whispered to himself, The adventure of life. Thank you. Later, Craig was sitting on a bench outside the reception hall when his Uber came. He got it. Where are we going today? 4930 June Street, please. Thank you for listening to Bad Mind Productions' recording of What Would Frankie Mayo Do? Written by Caitlin Cook. This episode was produced and edited by Aaron Alford and starred Elizabeth Wilcox, Aaron Alford, Joshua Wright, and Andrew Bealy. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and, of course, SoundCloud to keep up with our latest updates for Bad Mind's Table Read.